Blog Talk Radio. The following is a disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host, guest, and callers, and are not necessarily those of the Roman Show Network, its management, or other advertisers. Ladies and gentlemen, children across the... Oh, fuck it. Let's go off script. It's time for... A reality check. The most real talk show on the net is back and better than ever. Covering all and everything with pro wrestling. The curse. The past. And especially, the future of pro wrestling. We'll talk overcoming struggles from the independents to pros and news from all around the wrestling world. We have no filters, so controversy is always welcome. This is your reality check. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Reality Check Radio. Of course, thank you very much for everyone tuning in here today live. Uh, you know, you could always uh, catch us, our archives, I mean, uh, on our this same channel on The Roman Show. But for all those tuning in live, thank you very much. We do appreciate your your time uh, to listen in to our show. I'm very sorry. I'm kind of like a, uh, not... Not 100% there right now because Reality Check Radio has been going through a lot, uh, you know, this past week, and we'll discuss that a little later. But, you know, for now, let's have fun. And, of course, we have a big, big show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking some Lucha Fest 4. We're going to be talking some WWE Raw, some Survivor Series. But before we do talk about that, let's introduce our good esteemed family. First and foremost, our security. Yes, radio does need security, but he loves pain, and for some reason, he's a psychopath for that. I have to introduce Mr. Rick Foley. How are you doing today, Rick? Good evening, everybody. How are we doing tonight? Uh, can't complain, man. Alive another day, right? You know, uh, One day uh, above the earth is a good day, my brother. Uh well, you know, it, 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 it's it's another day alive, you know. But hey, you have to appreciate every day you're here, uh, of course. And and I love sharing this this studio with you, of course. You know, uh, even though Millie, like I see this chair here that's empty, Millie's not here with us today. Um, but we'll get to that reason later. Uh, she's it, it feels empty. And, of course, uh, Little CM Punk will be with us in just a short while, uh, as right now he's in the taking a, uh, a restroom break, <laughs> per se. So uh, like he, he'll be with us shortly. He'll, he'll be back here in the studio. But, guys, I have to introduce someone who hasn't been on the Reality Check Radio show in many, many years. I remember opening this show with her, as a matter of fact. She's been on Reality Check Radio maybe since day one. 
you know, as a supporter, and then all of a sudden she transitioned into a host, and from host she turned into a producer, and from producer she turned into COO. Well, no, I skipped the, the – from producer she turned into a Reality Check Radio Hall of Famer, and from Reality Check Radio Hall of Famer she turned into now this current Reality Check Radio COO. I'm talking about none other – than me. No, I'm just kidding. Lorraine, Lorraine, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to be back. How are you? Uh, I can't complain. I can't complain. Did you like my own introduction? You know, how I was talking to, about myself, how I'm a Hall of Famer, how I'm a COO, how I'm, God, I, I love myself. You sure do. Always have. But you're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I still love you though, Lorraine. You you know that. Now now he talking about Lorraine again. She's been with us for many many years, and I appreciate her coming in, uh, substituting for Miss Millie Cruz. I, I really do appreciate you coming in last minute. Uh, but guys, let's go ahead and jump into our first couple of uh, topics. Uh, so. Rick, what do you want to touch on first right now, man? Uh, oh, and to to say, by the way, guys, we also have a very, like, one of, one of the biggest interviews, I have to say, uh, bar none, <laughs> coming on this show today. We This man has been on NXT. He's been on WWE Raw. He's been on SmackDown. And I'm talking about none other than the sovereign savior, John Schuyler, will be here on the show today in just a couple minutes. We cannot wait to speak to him. This is one of the most major guests we've ever had on our show. And I, I really appreciate him coming on the show, but, you know, we'll talk to him in a few minutes. But, Rick, who you, uh, what do you want to start off with first? Lucha Fest 4, well, I think Raw, we have to Survivor Series, what? Let's start off with uh, what was an incredible show this past Saturday, and that was Lucha Fest 4. Okay. Well, Lorraine, uh, you know, I know you weren't there live, but you did see some videos. You did see some pictures. Uh, so if you want to, by all means, comment on that, I understand, because you come from all the way up in, up north. Uh, but basically, guys, Lucha Fest 4, if you weren't there, you missed history. Because for the first time ever, we saw a woman being crowned as the first ever ICW World Heavyweight Champion against what's no thing less than, I, I know there's no such thing in the rate scale, but a 10-star match. This was a great match from opening bell to finish. The emotions were running high. Everyone was going crazy for the Miami Senior High alumni, Angel Rose going up against the Mike Monroe classic, classic battle. And by all means, history was made again when Angel Rose came out as the winner. Rick, you were there live. Like, the emotions were swelling, man. What do you have to say about that, man? Well, first of all, let's start with the fact that they had well over 500 people in attendance, which is just unbelievable. Uh, we've, we know down here in South Florida, indie shows can be a, a tough sell, and that's being polite. So to get 500 yeah. people in that, that venue was amazing. And i got to tell you, if you were not there live, I beg you, go on YouTube and find that match because... The bumps that Angel Rose took, there are a few men that could take those bumps and still get up. It, it was that hellacious a match. I, 
Agreed. And as a matter of fact, I'm not going to say the finish, but Mike Monroe took one of the nastiest falls I've ever seen. He landed on his neck, and basically that's what you would see when he uh, when Angel Rose wins the match. I I have to give credit to where credit is due. Mr. Portuondo was a guest on this show, uh, and when he was talking about Lucha Fest, uh, when he announced the Dynamite DD versus Brandy Lorne uh, on the show, but you know, Mr. Portuondo, congrats. Congratulations for such a phenomenal ma- uh, show. It was amazing from start to finish. You know, from the systems, you know, historic entrance, you know, during their tag team match against the Guadalupe brothers, where you would see the drum line coming out to make an entrance for Max Stardom, all the way to the end where. <laughs> Oh, my God, the emotions. Now, Lorena, I, I have to ask you something. As a woman, okay, what do you have to say when you hear that a woman won the World Heavyweight Championship? This is not the mid-card title. This is not the minor-card title. This is up there. And on top of that, now she has to defend this championship against Gangrel. What do you have to say about that? All I have to say is, wow, and congratulations, Angel Rose. Uh, you've made a turning point for women in this business. I mean, it's just amazing. I literally was upset because I would have loved to have been there and witnessed in person myself. But unfortunately, I was, you know, too far away. But I am definitely going to check it out. I want to see the match. I think it's amazing, and all I can say is thank you and congratulations, Angel Rose. Great words from Lorraine. Now, another match that uh, a lot of people are are passing by is, again, a match, Rick, I know that it was pulling strings in your emotion book, was Sean Prime versus Stevie Richards, which ended up being a surprise with Gangrel making a three-way dance for the number one contendership where Gangrel came out being the winner, but is not the fact of how great the match was. It was how it ended when we found out that was Sean Prime's final match, where he left the boots inside the ring, you know, historic, uh, what we saw that night, uh, as far as Sean Prime's final match. Um, I shared the ring with him. As a matter of fact, I've had him as a guest here on the show a couple times before as well. You know, he's a amazing, amazing guy. I've seen him grow in this business as the dirt bike kid all the way to what he is today, all hail prime. And it's a sad story to see him go, but it was one hell of a career. So I'm not going to remember him for his farewell. I'm going to remember him for what he's done. And, uh, by all means, here at Reality Check Radio, I want to say we're always going to hail Prime here at Reality Check. And uh, thank you very much for all the years you did here in the South Florida wrestling business, Sean. And uh, hopefully we could have you here in the future uh, on Reality Check and you talk about, you know, your retirement. But, Rick, what did you have to say about that? Well, you know, I posted on my Facebook page that we had kind of the real cool honor of watching him both lace up and lace off his boot, which was really cool. We haven't, unfortunately, been around. We're kind of newbies to the indie scene, so we haven't been around for all of Sean Prime, but we talked about this many times. If there was ever one guy in South Florida who you would say, wow, if there was one guy that was 
So it had a WWE superstar written all over him. It's definitely prime. He had the size. He had the skills. He was good on the mic. He was a complete package. Oh, yeah. And when you talk about complete packages and you talk about, you know, what it takes to be in the big time or at least get a shot at the big time, of course, uh, again, not to plug it again, but, you know, because I know we're not talking about that current subject right now, but, again, the sovereign savior, you know, John Schuyler will be here a little later. And, you know, he's been in the big time a couple times already at NXT, teaming up with Corey Hollis. Uh, you know, of course, and then of course, we we still have a couple of topics uh, to speak about. But Sean Prime, again, thank you very much for all your years, uh, Lorraine. I think you've been on the show when we've interviewed Sean Prime before, uh, being all controversial and full of hate. <laughs> but <laughs> but say again. I said I definitely was on on when we a co-host when we had him on the show and he was he was amazing and it it it's great that you guys got to see see him lace up and lace down. I wish I could have been there. Unfortunately, like I said earlier, I wasn't able to. But the best of luck to Sean Prime always. Well, Lorraine, let me just give you a heads up. Uh, as far as the match is concerned, you could also catch the uh, the Angel Rose match live on the uh, on a Reality Check Radio page, where you could see the match. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it was a uh, uh, Miss Cruz who went ahead and and posted it up for the fans, for they could see. Uh, but you could watch your the match there, or, or at least watch a couple of clips of the match uh, there, where one of them includes the finale of the match where you get to see Mike Monroe almost break his neck. <laughs> it, it, let me tell you something, guys. It was, it was a hellacious final scene. And uh, if that doesn't pull the strings in, in your emotions, I don't know what will. Because you literally see some great, great stuff at the end of that, uh, of the end of that show, man. It, it was great. So, Rick, because you and I were there, we were there live. What would you grade Lucha Fest? By all means, man, that show deserves an A+. If I could give it an A++, I would give it an A++. It was that well, good. Well, there you got it. <laughs> and I think I could speak for Millie here that Millie will give it an A++. So, you know what? Let's just give it a A plus infinity. <laughs> because Lucha Fest was... Huh? That's fair. I agree. Yeah, it, because Lucha Fest was by all means one of the best shows I've been to in a long time. It was WWE caliber because of all the great entrances. So, Mr. Portuondo, congratulations on such an amazing show. Uh, so now we fast forward to WWE Raw. Guys, again, <laughs> tonight... We're getting closer to finally Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar in the middle of the ring. As a matter of fact, Rick, you were the one that said it last week, uh, that that it would be great if we saw Brock Lesnar come out to the ring, you know, while Goldberg was in there. We almost saw it <laughs> because it wasn't Brock Lesnar. It was Paul Heyman. And it was indeed. we almost saw it. Huh? It was indeed. I, I think that is yep. the right way to go for them. I mean, you know, this is the match you've got to try and sell, obviously. And, you know, Goldberg, 
really microphone-wise, skill-wise, is is only subpar. You got to get Paul. You got to get Paul Heyman involved in that. I, I thought that was well. I was that was the way to go. It was well done. Ah, uh, well, let me just say, you know, it 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 it, it, it teased a lot of us. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Rick, it was right. <laughs> Brock Lesnar's going to come out early. That match. Well, I have to say this for the record. So far, that match is the only one that has me hyped up for uh, Survivor Series right now. Um, I agree with you. I'm not really hooked on the other matches because here's the thing. like, It's hard to kind of like do a cross-promotion, like Raw versus SmackDown kind of deal because you can't interact with your fellow feuds. And on well, top of that, the now. teams I, I are people. Where, where Dolph Ziggler has basically challenged anybody, anybody, and that includes the Raw roster, I believe, for Survivor Series. So that might be something to keep an eye on, too. It's just that here's the thing, Rick, and, and Lorraine, I don't know if you might join me in on this, but here's the thing. You got three main events, or four, technically, if you count Goldberg and, and Lesnar. You got three main events, all of them with Raw versus SmackDown caliber, and you cannot interact with your fellow feud members. On top of that, you're teaming up with people you're feuding on your own roster. So I'm, I'm not like, oh, my God, you know, these guys are kicking their asses. The only things I'm seeing is general managers talking, you know, junk about general managers. <laughs> That's all yep. I'm seeing. Or, or, so I'm not 100% to that, you know. I'm not 100%. The most I'm, getting, I'm buying into is Goldberg and Lesnar. That's right. It, because they're That's, having the most interaction. I'm right, there. I'm right there with you, George. That's the one right now that I'm psyched to see. Um, I really can't wait for it because I think it's going to be an awesome match between them. But the other one, um, so I I, I hope, you know, they can actually get something out there that will make us more in places to see the other matches and really want to see them. Yeah, like, because, again, I'm not trying to bash the product. I'm not trying to say, hey, they're doing it wrong. I'm not trying to say anything bad. You know, I'm just saying, my opinion, I'm not sold on it because it's it's hard to promote something like that. Last time we ever saw something like this, I want to say it was bragging rights, the, the pay-per-view bragging rights, and you would see in the final episode, and God forbid, I hope, the final episode of Raw or SmackDown, that you will see them invading each other and attacking one another. That's what I would hope for. But so far... We haven't seen that, and the most we've seen is them feuding with each other. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, oh, is this team going to coexist? Is that team going to coexist? That's the most we've seen. We haven't seen, oh, we're going to beat you guys and win. We have seen, I've seen more of, can we coexist? And I feel like the, the, the buying factor is, can they beat them? You know, that's what I want to see more. Because hence Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. So I I, I don't know, Rick. What, what do you have to say about Survivor Series? I mean, uh, to me, it's never going to be like it was when it first came out. Those were the classic, you know. Oh yeah. Traditional Survivor Series matches. 
Uh, we talked about this a little bit, you know, before the show started. Uh, he, he, the writing is just so on a subpar right now. Uh, I'm not sure they know exactly where to go with a, with a lot of the storylines and, and the ideas are, are kind of jumbled right now. So you hope that turns around. But like you said, Survivor Series does not have the luster that it had even 10 years ago maybe. Hey, my opinion still stands. I think Brock Lesnar and Goldberg should have been held for uh, the Royal Rumble. I agree. So especially because they're in such a huge arena. You know, I believe it's the Alamo Dome, right, that they're, right. they're holding that event at? That's right, yep. Yeah, so in my opinion, I think they should have held that big main, big main event for the Royal Rumble. Of course, you have The Undertaker returning in Smack, uh, to SmackDown in their 900-episode uh, uh, celebration, which should be interesting. A lot of people are already uh, throwing rumors around about, oh, the, that's going to be The Undertaker's retirement speech. Guys, don't, I don't jump the gun, please. I, I still think he has one more match at WrestleMania against who? Well, I, that's going to be the interesting one. But I still think he's got one more match at WrestleMania. Hit him. Eh, maybe we should ask John Skyler. Maybe he wants to be Undertaker's last match. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, 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 I don't know. But as a matter of fact, speaking of him, you know, we got actually the young upstart, of course. Uh, well, I'm not going to call him young upstart because he's already been to the big time. I'm talking about the sovereign savior. John Skyler's here. Uh, Mr. Skyler, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you guys doing this evening? Uh, good, good, Mr. Skyler. Good, good. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, I'm doing a lot better now that you guys called me a young upstart. You guys are making me feel good. Uh, making me feel young again. I like it. Man, what are you talking about, Skyler? You are young. <laughs> you're you're one of the youngest upstarts I, I've I've had the honor to speak to. So, uh, thank you very much for for coming on the show. Actually. Oh well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to to talking with you guys and talking all things pro wrestling. <laughs> awesome. So first and foremost, uh, answer that little joke question we were just messing around with. Uh, that, are you calling in to say that you want to be the Undertaker's last match in at WrestleMania 33? <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't going to say anything about it, but now that the spoiler is out there, uh, it looks like the Undertaker will be what 21, 22, and uh, and two now. Me and Brock Lesnar are uh, going to be the only two that have been able to say that they beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Uh, that, hey, hey, hey I, I'll pay. Hey, I'm buying my ticket anyway, so I'll see you there. No, I, I'm, just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking around. But, but, Mr. Skyler, like, let's let's jump the gun here. You know, you're 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 no stranger to the WWE locker room, man. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, your first appearance there was on SmackDown when uh, when you faced Ryback. And then uh, yep. you jumped over and you worked a couple of NXTs uh, with your tag team partner, Corey Hollis. And then you even mm-hmm. appeared on Raw with Corey. Uh, That's correct. How, how's, how's it been, man? How's you, how was the experience? Uh, well, I'd like to think that the experience isn't over yet, that it's still going on. Uh, right now, uh, we've been given a little bit of a, a break. Obviously, we've been working on a per-appearance basis uh, without contracts. Um, but uh, it's just been very, uh, it's been very surreal. If I had to describe it in one word, it'd probably be surreal. Um, you know, like you said, I, I did the one thing with Ryback, and that was probably, geez, 2013 now or 2012. Uh, 
So uh, to get the opportunity uh, to, to get the chance to do all these NXT uh, TVs and a lot of this, we've actually done some of the non uh, non televised events for them as well. Has just been uh, it's been a real growing and learning experience for both of us, and it's just been a it's been a blast to be a part of. Um, and then of course the little the little kid in me uh, grew up watching Monday Night Raw, um, so <laughs> get the chance to even appear on Raw. Hey, maybe it is the only time we'll ever appear on Monday Night Raw, uh, or, or maybe I will appear on Monday Night Raw. But hopefully that's not the case. Um, but if it is, I mean, hey, I get to say I did it at least once, and. Uh, just standing there getting ready to go out, knowing that you're going to be on a live TV show, the longest weekly episodic television show in television history or whatever they say, is uh, it's cool. You're a part of history. So uh, even if, you know, it's just for a short period of time, you know, it's, uh, it's fun. It is uh, completely surreal. So, so if like, if you don't mind me saying, Mr. Skyler, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you know, I, I feel like you were one of the original faces uh, you alongside Corey and uh, and a good maybe handful of guys that basically opened the floodgates for all these independent names to start showing up in the WWE because before we would we would never see that like they like I even remember I think reading a um, a doc not a documentary but a uh, but a blog about enhancement talent finally coming back to the WWE. Um, not calling you enhancement. I'm just saying that you finally opened. Uh, you were one of the guys that opened the floodgates for independence to be noticed. How do you feel like? Do you feel like the independents are finally being noticed now? Now that you've arrived in the WWE as well. Well, let me answer the second part of that question uh, first. Uh, I definitely okay. think now uh, coming from the independents is a big deal to WWE, and I think they finally. Uh, are a little bit more open-minded about guys that they sign, guys that they look at, guys that they come in and bring in for these opportunities. As to where even when I broke in in 2008, uh, they just strictly wanted guys that were, you know, six foot two, 235 pounds. I think it was like the minimum. You had to be bigger than that or uh, you couldn't be smaller than that or they wouldn't even take a look at you. But now, um, you know, they have become very open-minded about the guys that they use, the guys that come from the independents, and instead of independent wrestler being a dirty word up there, now it's almost being embraced. And they like the fact that guys uh, pay their dues and they uh, gain so much experience traveling worldwide like me and Corey have uh, and doing various independents around the world. But I wouldn't necessarily say that we quote-unquote open the floodgates for for anybody. Uh, Yes, it happened to come around a time when uh, WWE starts using more independent talent, uh, but I don't know if me and Corey are the ones to uh, necessarily uh, bestow that honor upon open, opening those floodgates. Because obviously, you know, it's it's uh, I think an overall change in the business. I don't, you know, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say we open the floodgates, but I would like to say like, you know, obviously we didn't go out there and crap the bed, so maybe that puts not only confidence and uh, the higher up the eyes in the employer, but maybe it puts the uh, put confidence in their eyes that hey, we can look at some more independent talent because there's guys out there that actually know what the hell they're doing. So, um, yep. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yes, it, it is nice to see independent wrestling uh, being embraced by WWE, 
Uh, but did we have anything to do with it? I don't know. Uh, you know, we might have had a very small part in uh, in that re- <laughs> that reemergence of independent uh, wrestlers that pop up on WWE. So, like, like how you were saying a little earlier in your conversation, like uh, when you were when I first asked the first question, that like your first time I believe in WWE, you said it was like 2013, 2014, with Ryback. <laughs> now it's 2016, going into 2017, when you got that call, whether it be two, three years later, to come back with Corey. How did you feel? Uh, it was a great feeling. Well, like. To be fair, too, I did do tryouts, extra things in between the match with Ryback and the appearance of NXT. I actually wrestled uh, the Ascension on the uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, that program for the WWE Network. And then also did a couple other things where I may or may not have been a rosebud and maybe security or something <laughs> in the back, you know, but it was very, it was things like that. A lot of times we would go and just do tryout matches. And we would never get to, like, actually do anything on the show. We would just be there to do matches and cut promos for William Regal. And he'd kind of give you, like, a little seminar and stuff. And then, you know, they'd kind of, like, if they needed you, they needed you. If they didn't, they didn't. Uh, and so, you know, we've got to do a lot of cool things. We can't get me wrong doing that. But then I think it was last October, I had actually just wrestled the dark match for TNA uh, right before Bound for Glory. In, in Charlotte, and I think it was like a week or two later, uh, we get called about doing NXT uh, to work uh, with Dash and Dawson. Um, I think a lot of it might have to do with, you know, they were getting ready to get their big tag team title push, and uh, they wanted guys that they were familiar with to come in and, you know, work with them. So that's kind of how that all came about, and we ended up being there for like a year, just on per appearance basis, uh, getting like I said to do the live events and the TV. Uh, so, you know, when you first get the call, you're excited, but you don't really know what to expect. I mean, is it going to be a one-time deal? Is it going to be something bigger than that? You never really know. It's just trying to get your hopes up. But like, yeah. very fortunate for us, uh, this turned into just working with Dash and Dawson. And then the next week, they call us back about coming back to work with Enzo and Cass. And then they want us to work with American Alpha. And then we end up working with Vaudeville and all these other great tag teams that are out there now. Um, so it's, it's just been a great ride, you know. I mean, getting to do things like WrestleMania Access with Dallas this year is awesome. Getting to do the live events has been awesome. You know, you want it to keep going, but you know in the back of your mind, hey, if it doesn't uh, pan out, you know, at least I had a, a year of my career that I've got to say, you know, I've got to work the best in the world, literally. No, yeah, and, and and now that you mentioned best of the world, uh, this leads me to my last question, and then, of course, I'll let my two co-hosts here talk to you, uh, and then I'll go ahead and see if there's any other last questions that are left open. But but basically, Mr. Skyler, now that you mentioned best of the world, of course, you know, the WWE also did a, the Cruiserweight division. The, they, they brought it back, uh, uh-huh. and, the, and they're even starting up a new uh, show on the network, the 205 Live, where we're hearing now rumors circulating all over that they're signing the best cruiserweights in the world again. Like I've, like today, I actually heard a rumor in the rumor mill about ACH being signed uh, to, bring, uh, to be brought into the cruiserweight division. Do you see you and Corey being used one day for the cruiserweight division as well? Well, 
Well, I can't predict the future. Uh, you know, we were both kind of a little bummed that we weren't a part of the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, we thought we'd probably be shoe-ins for that, but, you know, that's just one of those things you don't really get your hopes up. Um, do we belong there? I think we've made it very uh, well known that we belong there. I definitely think we've built up our end, and I definitely think both of us deserve to be there. Uh, will it be a part of the Cruiserweight division? I don't know. Will it be part of the tag division? I don't know. Will it be on Raw? I don't know. Will it be on SmackDown? I don't know. Uh, you know, you can't really, yeah, you know, if it was a perfect world, I'd get to, I'd like to tell you, hey, I'm going to be on Raw tonight wrestling Brian Kendrick. So I, just, I don't know. Uh, but any opportunity that arises and comes our way, you know, we're ready to jump all over it. And we're, me and him both, and I'm speaking for Corey too, we're all in for whatever they need. Uh, and I think if you've noticed the track record of WWE, the guys that last the longest are usually the guys that uh, are all in with whatever they get asked to do, and they they do it to the best of their ability and they make it work. And those guys, the guys you ship yep. around. Yep, and I have to vouch for you're one of the most hardest working guys I've ever seen in the ring and, and even heard stories about. And, and I've followed you for many, many years. As a matter of uh, you're no stranger to my podcast, as a, as a matter of fact. I think I interviewed you once before. And, and I'm getting more in-depth now with you now more than the, the first time. But like I said, you're one of the hardest working gentlemen I've ever got the honor to speak with, and and if there's anyone that deserves it, it's you. And and I'll, and I could also vouch for Corey, because Corey's yeah. been here on Reality Check. As a matter of fact, he shared some things that I personally didn't know. Like I didn't know he was a diabetic, and you know I learned some things from that, and it hit me because I had to stop wrestling because I was a diabetic. So, so it, it, like I'm getting emotional now even talking about it because I, I suffered a severe concussion and, and I was a diabetic. The doctor told me, hey, you have to stop because mm-hmm. being a diabetic and that concussion is two, two of the bad, worst things. And, and Corey kind of like lifted up my spirits when I sp- uh, first spoke to him. So if there's anyone that does deserve things in this world, it, you know, in the wrestling world, uh, Mr. Skyler is both of you because you guys have uh, well, worked so hard and have jumped every single much. hurdle. No, I, yeah, thank you. I'm just. Thank you very much. My pleasure, man. Like, I hope a lot of bookers are listening to, to this interview right now, and I hope them. Hey, you never know who might be listening, but I could yeah. personally vouch for these two men. And if there's anyone out there listening, book them and book them quick <laughs> before they do get signed. Yeah. Uh, well, so, thank you. Me and, um, both, and we, me and Corey both have had our, uh, obviously, we've had our uphill battles simply due, due to things like our size or, you know, like in Corey's case, the, the diabetes. And, uh, you know, we've all, we all have our uphill battles. But, uh, you know, that's the beautiful thing about life is anytime life throws you a curveball, you got to swing. And if you, sometimes you strike out. Sometimes you're going to get a homer. Sometimes you just get a double. But you, if you you won't hit anything if you don't step up to the plate. And, uh Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I, I definitely think that uh, you know that's a, a big attribute not only for Corey but for myself is that we're willing to at least gamble on ourselves and uh, and take a chance once in once in a while. Like I've always said, every success story starts off as an idea first. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. So basically, your idea turned into a success story because now you're living your dream, Mr. Skyler. So sure. and a lot of people. You know, a lot of people don't get that chance, and and they eventually will 
but you know, right now, you're living that dream. So I I applaud you for that. So thank you very much. You know, my pleasure, sir. So before I get more emotional on here with you, <laughs> before <laughs> I have to start passing the t- the box of tissues around, let's go ahead and uh, you know I'm going to go ahead and pass the mic over uh, to my next co-host. I, I believe uh, Little Punk has just finally arrived. So, uh, Mr. Skyler, I don't know if you're familiar with this young man, but this young man basically is turning heads all over the independence by saying he looks exactly like CM Punk. So, <laughs> so Little CM Punk, the microphone is all yours, my friend. Hey John, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great, little CM Punk. How are you? <laughs> hey, I'm doing good, man. Uh, yeah, we've heard some really interesting things just alone from your conversation with our host George over here. Um, I have a question regarding your time in NXT, you know, and Raw, and all these things that you've done with WWE. Um, what's what's like one of your best stories you can share with us? You know, something that happened in the time that you were able to be there. Among all these superstars. Um, like my best story as far as like what in the ring in the back. Yeah, like uh, any experience that you had. Yeah, any experience that you had. That was like uh, you well, remember you good. The, the, the best story that sums up pretty much my whole stint so far in NXT. It's also the most emotional for me. Is uh, we got to do WrestleMania access. Uh, it was actually the day of WrestleMania, so it was kind of cool just to be there in Dallas, uh, a part of all the festivities uh, with NB and you know with the company. That's so cool. Um, but then we got to drive back home. Well, I'm sorry, we flew. I flew from Dallas back to Atlanta where Corey lived, and then I drove home from Atlanta to South Carolina where I live. And on the drive home, I got a call from Matt Bloom. And he just kind of informed me, uh, and you guys know Matt Bloom is the head coach uh, down at the Performance Center, and he just informed me that uh, uh, we were going to be on that weekend's live event. Uh, and the, 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 that weekend's live events were in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, which is my hometown, and then Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, the Columbia live event was held in a building called the Township Auditorium, and the people that aren't really familiar with the Township Auditorium, there's a lot of history in that building. Uh, uh, Crockett used to run there every Tuesday night, so guys like Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Luger, Sting, the Road Warriors, Dusty, Magnum. I mean, you can just rattle them all off. They've all been in that building and performed in, you know, in that arena. But it's also the building that I first saw wrestling in as a kid. Uh, yeah, I can give you the date. It was December the 30th, 1993. WCW main event was Sting and Road Warrior Hawk versus Rick Rude and Vader. And, um, you know, that was my first time ever seeing wrestling as a kid in person. And so it's always been a goal of mine to get the chance to perform in that building. And um, so when I got the call from uh, Coach Bloom, I got really emotional because I knew I was going to finally get to live out that part of my dream, uh, which has always been something I've wanted to do. And, you know, lo and behold, that Saturday night rolled around and I got to wrestle a guy who's still... Uh, making his way up the ranks of NXT, uh, a guy by the name of Riddick Moss. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him or not, but we had a yeah. we had a singles match in Columbia, South Carolina, at the, right there in the building I first saw wrestling at. I remember taking that moment when I got in the ring to look up and, and point up at the seats that I sat in for my first wrestling event. And, uh, you know, I did get a great ovation that night, too, just because it's not one of those things where they were like, 
And this guy's from Columbia, South Carolina, and you know it's just BS. They're just building the guy from hometown to get a pop. Like, this is literally people that have known me and seen me grow since the day I started wrestling. Uh, and even before I started wrestling, people that knew I loved wrestling uh, that were in the crowd. And, you know, it was just a really, really cool moment that you can't really describe. But, like, I don't know, like, it's almost like if you were to have a movie about the first half of my life, that would be like the end scene, if that makes any sense. I mean, that was just like the the, the mecca <laughs> of everything that I've I've ever worked for, and it was just a really really cool moment. Did, did you end up winning that match? I came very close. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, you know, uh, I got to give it to Riddick Boss. He was very very giving that night, especially, uh, and uh, he made me look like a million bucks in my hometown, and that meant a lot to me too. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it was fun. I mean, but sometimes the best stories, the good guy doesn't always win. So, um, you know, some, those are some of the most uh, emotional stories you can tell. And, I mean, it was even afterwards, uh, you know, I think I got – I don't want to exaggerate here because I know, like, the old-timers usually get on interviews and talk about how it was sold out. They were hanging from the rafters and turning people away. But I do recall me getting a standing ovation, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, but that sounds like – Really fun. Um, regarding with the matches, was there any match that you had? And like out of all the matches you've had in in the, was there any that was like your favorite match that you had? Uh, probably. You mean inside WWE or outside WWE? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Inside the WWE. Uh, we had some good matches with American Alpha. Those guys, uh, those guys are awesome, and they're both great guys. And I'm glad to see that they're on SmackDown and they got that opportunity uh, to, to to thrive on SmackDown. Uh, doing the live events is always fun because we get to go out there and do a little bit more stuff. Like, we don't have a lot of time constraints as we're on TV. Like, you know, I remember getting to work with, like, the Hype Bros, uh, and we had, like, five minutes or four minutes. I can't remember. So we had to, like, go out there and just go, 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 go. As there was a lot of events, you get to go out there and have a you know, a little bit more time. You don't have the, the constraints of television. So those matches tend to be a little bit more fun. And then here recently, another one that just kind of, uh, the, the kid in me comes out, and I'm like, how in the hell did this happen? Is uh, a few months ago back in Nashville, Tennessee, before SmackDown, I had a dark match against Kane. And uh, I'm, like, sitting there, like, when they call, when they told me earlier in the day, I think it was, our agent was Dean Malenko. And when Dean told me earlier in the day that I was going to be wrestling with, uh, you know, Kane, I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just right there, you know. I mean, I've been following his career since I was a kid. Had his action figures and, like, played as him on, you know, video games and stuff. And to be sharing the ring with him, it's just, like, surreal, <laughs> you know. Is there any other superstars? I'm sorry, other- little punk. Right. Can, can I get, let me just yeah, chime in here for real fast. Real fast, little yeah. punk. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Skyler, I have to ask, now that you're talking about video games, did you end up buying the 2K17? Uh, I, I bought all the video games. Uh, believe it or not, I'm still a huge wrestling nerd, so I watch just about everything. Uh, <laughs> anytime highspots.com has a table set up at a show, I'm usually the first one over there to thumb through all the DVDs. But, yeah, I got a video <laughs> game, and uh, I usually get out any – I usually purchase just about any DVD that comes out as well. No, I have to ask, man, because I feel like such a mark for myself. (laughs) 
because I, I, I thought I was a good entertainer. Not a good wrestler, but a good entertainer. Uh, when <laughs> when I was working, I, I created my uh, I already created myself in 2K17 as El Electrico. They, have you created yourself in 2K17 already, uh, John? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, and the only like oh. you know, maybe one day, but like I don't really have a lot of time to play video games as it is. Uh, oh, believe okay. it or not. So like anytime I'd get to just sit down and play the game, I just like to go ahead and just I don't know. I like. I, I like to make it as easy as possible and then get in there and just do my thing. And, you know, I don't really have time to, like, sit down and create an arena or a, a guy from scratch or anything <laughs> like that. But I, I will admit that I've gone through, like, the online, uh, I guess, community or whatever, and I've typed in my name a time or two to see if people have created me. And uh, I haven't seen anything huh. yet, unfortunately. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> when I when I do have the time to sit down and play it, man, I just like to, you know, hop right in and just and just play it. That's the great thing about the game is, you know, they have a lot of cool options and things you can do, but also, like, I don't know, you can also just pick it up and play it, and I'm usually one of those guys that just picks it up and plays it. PS4 or Xbox, John? Xbox One, yeah. And uh, uh, sometimes uh, I'll play online, uh, too. I'll, pl- I'll play online, and uh, I'm not very good either. Uh, a lot of people... Uh, the thing that annoys me the most about online gaming is the the guys that have the headsets and they can talk to you while they're big, like while they're kicking your ass and you can't do anything <laughs> about it and they talk smack to you while they do it and you know that they're probably like a twelve year old and so you, you get really upset and flustered but there's nothing you can do about it so that's kind of what turned me off a little bit from playing online as well. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, uh, you're you're hearing it here, folks. Uh, the frustrations of playing online with John Skyler. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, anyway, it's not like I was getting like it's not like I was getting like uh, I don't know Primo or Epico. I was getting like Brock Lesnar and The Rock and people like that <laughs> that are really really good, and I was just getting destroyed. So, uh, yeah, that kind of my, my days of playing online have uh, come and gone, I think. But they might come back one day. So we'll see. <laughs> well, thank you very much for letting me chime in, little punk. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that was a fun little convo. I had to chime in on that, little punk. Take it away. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, my my final question is um, so if you're a- ever able to have opportunity to wrestle in WWE again, whether it's NXT, Raw, SmackDown, who would you like to face and why? Oh gosh, that's such a great question. Uh, there's a hand. What's crazy is there are a handful of guys that are in WWE right now that I would love to get the opportunity to wrestle. Uh, and there's a lot that I've already either on the independents or TVs or whatever that I've already gotten a chance to wrestle. But uh, the first one that stands out to me is uh, probably AJ Styles. Uh, I would love to work with AJ. Uh, Cesaro is another one I'm a big fan of. I think Cesaro is just uh, is great. Um, uh, let's see, who, who else? Uh, Sami Zayn uh, is somebody I think I could have a great match with. Um, Brian Kendrick is somebody I've always admired. Uh, there's there's a lot, and then there'd be some that oh Seth Rollins too, somebody. Um, uh, now in NXT, I'm trying to think of who's who's down there right now. Uh, it will even though he's not really well, Shinsuke Nakamura would be fun. Um, and also, even though he's not really in NXT, you know, he's still he, he's already out with an injury. But Finn Balor, somebody I definitely would love to hook it up with. I mean, those those are a lot of 
a lot of them. But there are guys too, like Kevin Owens, that I've, I've wrestled before on the Independence, and I would love to wrestle again now that he's doing great things as the WWE Universal Champion. Uh, Chris Jericho, somebody I've always admired even before I got into business. And then there's, uh, you know, like if he ever came back, you know, it probably will ever happen. Like Shawn Michaels is my all-time favorite. So, like, if I ever, like, in a fantasy world got to wrestle him, I'd just be awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I know I kind of rattled some names off there pretty quickly, but those are probably yeah, yeah, the those, guys. You know, those would be good names to see you up against. Oh, thank you for taking time to answer my questions. I appreciate it. And I hope, I think I speak, could speak for all of us, so we hope to see you hopefully actually get signed to what NXT or main roster or any coming to have a feature with Dewey. And I'm going to pass it to, to Lorraine, and you're welcome. Well, thank you very much. And, uh, just like, one thing before you go, if you do look like little CM Punk, uh, I hope to one day also see you in UFC getting destroyed. <laughs> wow, dude. dude, talk about triggered bro. Damn. Well, I'm not going to go down that route, UFC, but you know. Yeah, that's probably smart. It didn't work out for the. It didn't work out for the first guy either. <laughs> but hey. No, he seems like a good guy. Me and him actually share the same birthday, so I can't really rag on him too hard. <laughs> no, I just You wouldn't be the first one, so. Hey, hey, little punk, here, here, uh, here. Yeah. Uh, Lorraine, before before you start talking, little punk, here, hold on to this. I'm going to light this match because you're about, you were just burned. <laughs> yeah, you got <laughs> wow! Wow! Hey, just, Lorraine, uh, little little CM Punk, yeah. make sure you hold on to the microphone with one hand so you can tap out with the other. That's all. That's, that's a piece of advice. Oh, oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Yeesh! Yeesh! Ouch! Okay then. Yeah, uh, you want another match there, Little Punk? Uh, I might want another match now. <laughs> All right, well, Lorraine, take it away. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Skyler. It's an honor. Oh, thank you. Um, My first question is, earlier you said to George, years ago, WWE only wanted six-foot-tall wrestlers and how, how it has changed. Is there anything you would like to see change still in the wrestling business? Oh, hi. That's a good question. Um, uh, yeah, there's. Uh, I think you know a lot of people uh, I, that I read. Or I, you know, I read online and stuff, and I see a lot of people clamor that they want the Attitude Era back, or that they want like uh, you know elements of the Attitude Era to return. You know, I don't necessarily like if you go back and watch the Attitude Era. A lot of it wasn't very good. Uh, there was actually some things in there that you shake your head at if you watch it now on the network or whatever. I think the big key component that is missing from all wrestling now, uh, not just WWE, but, you know, any kind of wrestling that's on TV, is that element of anything can happen at any time. And I think that was the big thing during the Attitude Era, was, like, you never knew who was going to show up on WCW, who was going to jump to WWE, who might pop up in ECW. 
you know, like you felt like you had to be glued into both shows to see what was going to happen next. And I think right now wrestling is a little too formulated and too micromanaged to the point where, like, you know, at the top of the hour, if Goldberg's going to return, it's going to be at the top of the hour. It's going to be, at, like, at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, or 10 o'clock, or at the very last session. So you can pretty much know when to tune in to see if you want to see Goldberg. And that's just an example. Uh, like, now they, now they have these things that will say, like, tonight live on Raw, you know, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens are going to have a face-off. Well, why do they have? Why do they have to announce they're gonna have a face-off? Why can't they just have a face-off? Uh, just things like yeah. that, where you know, I, I think wrestling and, and other companies too. It's just missing that sense of, oh man, like I gotta keep tuned in. Like you know, I haven't had that feeling in a while, anyways. And that's just the Bannon talking is, you know, like it's been a while since I've actually sat there and gone, well, I I can't do this because I don't know what's gonna happen next. Um, but a lot of that, too, is, like, wrestling is at, the, at your fingertips now, which can be both cool and at the same time can kind of kill it for you because, like, when I was a kid watching Raw, when it went off the air at 11.05, I was like, man, now i got to wait seven more days before I get to see any more WWE Raw. But now you can just go to YouTube or you can go on your phone and you can pretty much watch anything you want at any time. So if I had to say, that would probably be, like, the big the big thing is just that feeling of spontaneousness that anything can happen at any time. Right, yeah, all in a surprise seems to be, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because uh, I'm one that used to watch back in her day, and Boston. You were, you know, you had to be glued to your TV because you were too afraid that you were going to miss something that was so important, and now it's just, it's not there, it's not the same. Right. Okay, my next question also is, what has been the hardest thing to learn about this business in or out of the room, and why? I'm sorry, can you repeat that one more time? Sure. What has been the hardest thing to learn about this business in or out of the ring, and why? Uh, the whole thing about timing uh, and I'm not even talking about like timing in a match in the ring like being patient and waiting your turn is probably the hardest thing ever to learn to do because you might like uh, like we talked about earlier like I had an opportunity in 2012 or 2013 and then I didn't get anything else until like 2014 2015 and then you see other people get opportunities and you're like well I know I'm better than that guy but you gotta put on a happy face like you're excited for them and for them, even though you know you could be there or should be there before they are. So, I mean, that part is, like, just learning to swallow your pride and things like that. That's probably, like, and that's just, like, a mental aspect. Uh, you know, that's the hardest thing, uh, probably for me, anyways, is when I see other people, like, get chances and I'm like, you know, damn it, that should have been me. But uh, you just have to realize that you, it's all about time and it's all about being in the right place at the right time. Sometimes... I, I give that advice to others, and I can't even, like, keep or, uh, you know, follow my own advice. So, um, now, like, in the ring and stuff, I think the biggest thing and the hardest thing to learn is probably psychology. Because guys will preach it all day long, and they'll preach psychology, and then the guys that are preaching psychology don't have good psychology. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things. Um, uh Another big one is there's a difference in calling it in the ring and being lazy. Some guys like to say, oh, we'll just call it in the ring. Okay, well, that's cool, but 
are you calling it in the rain because you want to listen to what the people are doing and you have an outline, well, we might do this, we might do that, we might do this, we might do that, and you just kind of change it on the fly according to how the people are reacting, that's calling it in the ring. Being lazy is just not wanting to call anything and then just saying, okay, let's just call it out there. Um, so there's a big difference there, and, and I don't think guys grasp that. I think some guys come in and try to be Joe Cool and say, yeah, let's just call it out there. Uh, you know, and then they're, they're just lazy. They don't want to do anything. They want to re- sit on a rest hole, sit on a headlock or whatever. And I, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm feeling the curtain back a little bit too much, but uh, that's, just, that's just a couple things right there. Okay. Thank you very much for taking the time to answer my question. Thank you. It's an honor. And I'm going to pass it back to George. Well, I have to. I have to bring this up because uh, there's something. You were just talking a very, very good subject about the whole all calling out in the ring and then the people that are just too lazy and et cetera, et cetera. Like, Mr. Schuyler, just to ask you, what do you prefer? Because I, when I was in the locker room, <clears throat> when I worked in the locker room, there were people like you that would call it out in the ring. But then I would literally be, uh, you know, booked against people who would like to say, hey, let's pre-plan this. Let's do it all backstage. And then when we get out there, we just know what to do. Well, what did yeah. you like doing? Did you like calling it out there or did you like planning it all out? Um. I I don't like planning everything out. Uh, I like to have, like, a little outline or a guide. Uh, and then, like I said, if, like, because you never know what the crowd's going to be like. And, you know, that's why it's also important to watch all the other matches that are before you on the show. And so you can get a read not only on what other guys have done, but what the crowd reacted to. Because, I mean, I've been on numerous shows where guys have gone out there and like a sunset flip gets a huge reaction and then somebody comes yeah. out there and does like a Saito suplex on somebody and they land them on their head and the guy gets up and no-sells it and then jumps up and hits the end of the for the guy to fall back into the ropes and come back with a rebound lariat. The guy cuts a shooting star press flip when he takes the bump and then the crowd's sitting on their hands. So, I mean, yeah. it's just all about reading the crowd. So, like, um, and sometimes it's a little bit easier. Like, for instance, uh, if you follow, like, PWX stuff, when I was yeah. uh, wrestling with, when I was working a lot with Jake Manning, we would have a good outline of things, but a lot of it we left open ended. But it was because our story had been followed by so many of the people that were like regulars and stuff that you, we didn't have to call a whole lot. Like we could go out there and get over with our characters and with our emotions, and people were invested already in the story. So if it's a regular place that you're attending on on a regular basis, you should already know the crowd's going and what they like and what they dislike. Uh, so that makes things a little bit easier. But, yeah, I'm always a guy. I like to kind of have a little bit of a guideline and then also have that those holes in there that we can fill and, and you know, have just a couple ideas in case, you know, maybe the crowd's not reacting or responding to one thing and maybe they're repli- responding to one thing more than another. So... Okay, and I thank you very much for for talking to me about that because that that was something that I used to deal with when I used to walk into the back, uh, you know, into the locker room and and whether I was already scheduled to to fight someone or I find out there and then, you know, I, I used to have people come up to me and they would say, oh, let's call it out there, and I would be like, okay, let, I could do that, 
Or mm-hmm. I had people that uh, Mississippi, my my opponent. Uh, I'm not going to mention her name because we had an issue going uh, because of that. That's the reason I retired. But but basically, I, <laughs> in Mississippi, I had a situation where she liked to call everything, you know, backstage, mm-hmm. and uh, and I had no problem. I had zero issues. But uh, yeah. now I have a message for you. <laughs> okay. I have a message for you from a. Uh, from a fellow person that you and I both know, and I just okay. literally found out he's your favorite wrestler. I'm talking about An- Anthony Genazzo. Oh yes, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, every time I see Anthony Genazzo, I want to punch him in the face because I see him way too often. I swear <laughs> to God, that guy follows me around. <laughs> no, no like, I, I like literally. <laughs> we we were just talking about you uh, this past uh, Saturday at Lucha Fest Four. Oh, cool. He was down here, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, he was telling me that he sees you every week. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. He follows, <laughs> he follows me around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know about his Breakfast Club, right? The uh, the Biz Clubs. Uh, I think I may have seen a video once or twice, yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I might be stealing his question, or I might be kind of like a, a, twisting it around here a little bit, uh, because I think he, he wanted to rib you. But uh, I have to ask then, you know, just to continue on with the rib, I kind of went kayfabe there, so there's no ribbing. But what's your favorite breakfast food, man? <laughs> Me? Uh, man, I'll tell you, I'm I'm very... Uh, simplistic, but also like to eat clean. So I usually go if I'm gonna. Well, now I can tell you my favorite. Like if I could eat it every day and not get fat, it'd be pancakes. Uh, <laughs> I love pancakes. Uh, now we're talking just food, right? We're not talking breakfast cereal, right? Yeah, <laughs> breakfast food. <laughs> okay, but usually, like my go-to when I'm trying to eat like clean and stuff is I, I usually go for the egg white omelet from IHOP. Chicken tur- or turkey turkey sausage and turkey bacon with avocado. That is my jam. Oh God, that made me mouth water. Like I'm just here. Yeah. I'm hungry as hell. I haven't eaten dinner, <laughs> and I'm here yeah. just like listening to that. I'm like, oh my God, that sounds so delish. Oh, so yeah. you need to back find to you a 24-hour IHOP. So then, well, I barely see IHOPs here in Miami. So if you ever get booked here in Miami, uh, <laughs> Mr. Skyler, I'm, I have to say good luck on that. So yeah. <laughs> um, I have to then ask this one last question about Janazo. You know, he's pretty much the longest reigning PWF uh, Universal Champion, if I'm correct. Uh, mm-hmm. He just defended it against Ace Mayhem. Are, are you ever going to be mm-hmm. in line for that his championship, uh, John? Uh, well, funny story. I actually wrestled Anthony for that championship and was unsuccessful. Um, he actually got the better of me, but it was because he had some help from ringside. Uh, currently, right now, uh, you know, I just picked up the PWF tag team titles with uh, with CW Anderson and a guy named Preston Quinn. We we're kind of the uh, along with Steve Carino with the Extreme Horsemen. So I'm tied up doing the tag team thing right now. And before that, I was the you know, PWF Universal Six-Man Tag Team Champion with Steve Carino and C.W. Anderson. So since I've been a little tied up right now at the moment doing tag team stuff, you know, uh, who knows, maybe one day I'll get another shot at, uh, at Anthony Sinatra. But 
man, and tell Anthony Ginazzo when you see him that he owes me a lot of money for Wolf and this is the most his name has ever been mentioned on a podcast. Because there's thousands of wrestlers out there that we keep talking about, but we're talking about Anthony Ginazzo. <laughs> Hey, uh, well, he's going to be here on the on the show on a later date, so maybe you could call in and and ask him for his uh, the royalties then. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I, I'll let you know on the right date. Now. I'll message you the date when he's going to be here, and maybe you could call him and, and be like, "Hey, where's my royalty check?" But yeah. um, I, I just heard a name, Preston Quinn, the pain train. You you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, I haven't Preston seen. Yeah, that that's an old good old buddy of mine. Uh, he comes from in, well from Fusion Wrestling, as a matter of fact, with the Memphis Mofo, and and it, he had a classic match with the Memphis Mofo, as a matter of fact. The Pain Train, oh my God! I didn't even yeah, know he was still working. Up, he is, yeah. We just picked up the PWF Tag Team Titles, and uh, I think we're going to be doing a thing where it's kind of like the Freebird Rule between me, him, and C.W. Anderson. Uh, where any three that is awesome. Can def- or any two of the three of us can defend it at any time. So that is awesome. I am so happy to hear that he's still work. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, the pain great. train is still around, man. Wow. Yeah, he's great. We have, I'm we glad have to hear that. Together too. Yeah, we had uh, well a couple of weeks ago was the first time we've actually ever teamed together, but we've had uh, we had great chemistry from from the get go. So that, you know that's always a good sign. And, you know, being able to work with C.W. Anderson and Steve Carino has really been a blessing for me this year, too, because, I mean, they're just two guys that, uh, that, that have been around everywhere. And uh, to learn from those two guys has really, really, really been a blessing. Uh, have you been working on your Spinebuster? Because uh, those two are masters of the Spinebuster, man, Preston and, and C.W.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, uh, more so my super kicks. I've uh, really tightened up those super kicks, being around Steve and CW. Uh, but maybe the spine buster is something I might have to add to my repertoire. It would be beautiful just to see, like, a three-way spine buster, just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just saying. Just throwing it out there. But, yeah. Mr. Skyler... Thank you so very much for joining us here on the show. We had a great, great time with you. We had some fun. We shared some laughs, you know, from even talking about 2K17, which was a little random tidbit there. Uh, even find, finding out that you're going to be the number two in The Undertaker's losing streak. So, uh, yes. <laughs> so, Mr. Skyler, I thank you so very much. Let me just ask around the room real quick, make sure they don't have any last comments or questions. A little punk after the burn. You have any last questions or comments? Little punk, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I, yeah. Stop uh, muting your mic. You know, <laughs> anyway, go, <laughs> go ahead. Say, besides, you know that little burn there, you know. Uh, just say, you know, thank you for taking the time, your time to like, you know, talk to us and answer a few questions to get to know more about you. You know, like I said before, before, you know, you burned me. We hope to see you one day in Derby with an actual contract and actually have a future there. Thank you very much. Hey. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be here. The same here, no. And Lorraine, do you have anything? I just want to say again, it's an honor, and thank you for taking the time to be on our show, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. 
My pleasure. So, Mr. Schuyler, before you go, I'm send you. Uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and send you a photo of Little Punk holding onto a match lit, just for you to show how <laughs> badly burned you left him. But, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, uh, Mr. Schuyler, before you go, let's go ahead and do your plugs. How can fans follow you on social media, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, if you have it? I guess that's a new thing now. Uh, also, how can bookers get a hold of, uh, get a hold of you to uh, you know get them uh, get you on your show, on their show? I mean, and uh, where can fans catch you next live? Uh, okay, so I'm on Twitter at D John Schuyler and S. And Skyler is spelled S K Y L E R. Same thing on Instagram at the John Skyler. Facebook, you can find me under the John Skyler Southern Savior fan page. Um, I've also uh, I got a pro wrestling tees store where you can pick up any of my great pieces of merchandise. All the t-shirts are up there. I've got the Trample of the Week World Tour t-shirt coming. Uh, the Extreme Horseman shirt is up there. And a bunch of other good uh, good items that you can pick up on for us on Uh If you want to book me for a show, you can uh, you can direct message me on Twitter. You can inbox me on Facebook or on instant message. Uh, and I think my email address is up there on any one of those too. So you can probably find my email pretty pretty easily too. Uh, as far as where I'm going to be next, I'll be in Ridgely, West Virginia, this Friday night for Elite Pro Wrestling. I'll be wrestling Sanjay Dutt. Um, and then this Sunday, I will be appearing in Burlington, North Carolina, and I'll be teaming with a guy named Eric Royal as we take on Andrew Everett and Trevor Lee. Um, past that, i got a big match coming up soon with Zach Sabre Jr. Um, oh, man, geez, what else? Uh, you can find, You never know where I'm going to pop up. I'm not going to leave it as that. Yeah. I, I pop up just about, uh, just about everywhere these days. And... Uh, I'm hoping to have a really big announcement coming soon about something that's going to be happening uh, where you can actually catch me on a nationwide basis. So that's uh, a little hint for you. Um, you know, huh. Be prepared uh, to hear a big announcement. Probably not, but if, if not by the end of this year, uh, early 2017. Huh. Okay then. So you left me in a, in a tease like that. Okay, I see how it is. I thought we were friends. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah. uh, no. I, I look forward to that, Mr. Schuyler, and, and, and seriously, thank you so very much for taking your time. Again, you know, I look up to guys like you and, and Corey, you know, that, that make me feel like I could always push forward because of the diabetes, because of the size, because of all that stuff. So thank you very much for being role models to many, many people, including myself, and thank you very much for coming on this show. Hey, thank you for giving me a platform to talk and as Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, spill my guts and all my BS. And uh, thank you for just, uh, yeah, giving me the chance to talk. Uh, uh, you know, I talk about making it to WWE and that being a dream, but, hey, I actually was living my dream the first day I stepped into a wrestling. So uh, anybody can do anything they set their mind to and uh, just stay positive and uh, don't let the, the naysayers hold you back. Thank you so very much, Mr. Skyler. Have a great night, and we'll be talking soon uh, via message and hopefully again in, in the future here on the show. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Have a good night, sir. You guys as well. Good night. All right. Well, that was Mr. John Skyler. Wow. <laughs> Folks. Right? I, I'm, I'm, you know, it, it was a great interview. 
I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. It was a fantastic interview. Class A, you know, top of the line, you know, I'm not going to say it, but damn. Just damn. It's not just that, though. It's it's the fact that um, that he left us with that tease, you know? What does he mean by that? Uh, huh? Well, maybe maybe you can get him to call call in, or you know, maybe come back on the show and he can announce it. Maybe, maybe so. Uh, if he does, but perfect. <laughs> That's all I could say. Perfect. You know, and usually, you know, I go ahead and plug stuff that you know we're gonna do next week and stuff, but. I want to take this time to really be personal right now. This is not going to be George Alonso or or Rick Foley. This is going to be us. This is going to be the like not George Alonso the radio host. I'm sorry. This is George Alonso the person. Uh I want Rick Foley to be who he is. I don't know if I have his permission to say his full name and and little CM Punk same thing, you know. This is a moment that this is going to be us. This is going to be real. And it really hits home, you know. Um, so I'm going to ho- go ahead and open the line. One second here. Rick, you there with us? I am here, George. Okay. Lil Punk, is he here with us? He is. All right. I, again, I didn't want to say your names because, again, I, I don't have your permissions. But this is George Alonso. Lorraine, do I have your permission? Yes. Okay, this is Lorraine Bassiano. You know, Rick, do I have yours? You can, yes, you can use me and Little CM Punk as well. That's fine. Okay, this is Rick Reyes. This is Nicholas Reyes. And then, of course, now joining us here to get, uh, tonight, uh, she, was suppo- she wasn't originally going to be on the show, but uh, she came in for this very, very, very personal issue. And I'm talking about Miss Millie Cruz, uh, better known as um, Amelia. I hope I said that right, or Melia. Yeah, you said it correctly, George. Okay, thank you. You know, this really hits home for us guys, okay? Because, and I'm going to let everyone talk before, before, um, Sorry, I'm even getting emotional now because it hits home because even my my own family has this. But uh but basically Reality Check Radio lost some family members over the course of two days. Um one being someone very close, especially more close to Miss Cruz than any of us here in this room. That being our audio guy, Matthew, lost his mother this past weekend to cancer. And on top of that, Angel Rose, our own Angel Rose, our first guest here on Reality Check Radio, um, and first ever women's champion, lost her cousin, 
Tuan, better known as Johnny to her, to cancer as well. As a matter of fact, 24 hours after she just won the championship. I cannot, as a host, as George Alonso, I cannot express the pain and the sorrow everyone's feeling right now in this room. Because to us, they're not just guests. To us, they're not just co-hosts. To us, they're not just people that we randomly meet or friends. They're family. When we lose someone, we get hurt. And I'm going to tell you this right now to turn this into a positive. This is not a farewell. This is not a see you. This is not like, hey, I'm never going to see you again. This is only a, I'm going to see you later. Just save my spot for me. Because right now, they're now going to say they're waiting at the pearly gates, waiting for the moment that could be any time. That's, that's, the, that's the great thing about life, that you have to enjoy life every day because you never know when is going to be your moment. You've got to love the people that are part of your life every day because you never know when it's going to be that last person's moment too. And I know for a fact that Matthew loved his mother every day. And that Angel Rose loved her cousin every day. As a matter of fact, she credits Johnny for her to get in, uh, for getting into wrestling every from the moment she was a little kid for thanking Johnny for getting her into wrestling. So before we ask for a 10 bell salute in honor of Matthew's mom and in honor to Johnny, Angel Rose's cousin. I want you to all know, speak your words bef- uh, one by one. I'm going to go around this room. You're going to be able to speak your blessings. But guys, let this be known that cancer is not a joke. We need to stand up. We need to find the cure. But most importantly, we can't give up and show cancer even if you get affected, because my cousin has cancer himself, okay? We have to show cancer that if you're coming into our lives and you plan to take us, guess what? You're not going to take us without a fucking fight. We're not going to give up, and we have the best support system in the world. So if you're going to take us, you know what? You're going to force us out. You're going to force us. We're not going to give up. You're going to force us. So before we do our 10-bell salute, I want to first give the mic to someone who's really affected by this the most. I'm talking about Millie. Millie, you could go first in these blessings. So, Millie, go ahead. I just, sorry, sorry, George. I just, I didn't have a chance to know Priscilla's cousin, um, Angel Rose's cousin. I'm pretty sure for him getting her into wrestling. He was just an awesome, awesome guy. Um, you know, because let me tell you, watching Angel on Saturday, he was super, super strong. 
super strong. So I can just imagine how how hard he fought and how strong he was. Now, for Matthew's mom, I've had the honor to know her for a year now. And she's very, very headstrong. But let me tell you, that lady put up a fight to the very end of the night. No for a fact. No more than anything in this world that Matthew loved her more than anything. And it just hurts me to know that. Sorry. No, it's okay. And he's, he he's doing what he loves now, which is wrestling. But I know he has this special angel that's going to power him as he decides, as he continues with his training, as he walks into that ring, as he gives it all he's got, as he takes those hard bucks, he's going to be there. And he's going to be there with a smile on his face. No matter how hard she was sometimes, she was still a loving mother. She still loved him to death. That was her thing. He meant everything to her. Right. And I'm again she she's an amazing mother and I definitely will miss her myself. And I know Matthew he's probably listening or he's not listening. But my family our reality check radio family. We are here for you. We all love you. Especially me. Regardless of whatever is going on, whatever you need, you can always call us. We're nothing but a phone call or a text away. And mom loves you more than anything. She's watching over you. Just remember that. You never lost anything. You get an angel. He's going to power you 12 times over. Same thing with Angel Rose. This man, if he gave you your your hopes and your dreams that's coming to you today, he's going to even power you even more. And I just pray right now for both Matt and Angel Rose's family because they need it. And I'm going to pass it back to you, George. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. This is this is pure shoot. As a matter of fact, we... Uh, um, there's a couple people listening in. I'm not going to put their name out there, but, you know, they are listening in, listening to this blessing because both Johnny and Matthew's mom deserve this time because, again, they are family to us. Uh, they're not just uh, uh, some random person we see on the streets. You know, as a matter of fact, Angel Rose has been in part of my family from day one since I stepped into the wrestling ring and she deserves this and her cousin deserves this. Um, so I'm going to now pass the mic over to uh, Rick Reyes that, you know, I'm pretty sure hits him hard uh, as well for the Angel Rose side. So Rick, go ahead. Well, first of all, before I get to my points, I want to send my, Condolences on behalf of Reyes family to both Angel Rose and to Millie and Matthew. Millie and George, you've been in my home. You know that my mom is a stage four laryngeal cancer survivor. So I am fully well aware of how destructive and how 
ominous that disease can be. And for those that are in the battle fighting, know that there is always hope and you never want to give up. My mom, again, is living proof of that. And uh, you hope that uh, the loved ones uh, will go on. It's a very tough time for them, obviously. So once again, on behalf of Little Punk, Mama Punk, and my mom, Barbara Reyes, our sincerest condolences to those affected, and may God rest their souls. Okay. Thank you for that, Rick. And last but not least, uh, Lorraine, I know you... You don't know neither, but you've listened to both, uh, both Matt. You know, you've been in the, the behind-the-scenes as the COO. Uh, you've talked to Matt on a couple occasions, uh, uh, being our COO. And, and then, of course, you know about Angel Rose because she was our first guest here. Uh, so, Lorraine, you're the last one before we go on to uh, give our, our 10-bell salute to these uh, to these fighters that didn't give up. Because cancer forced them, they did not give up. So, uh, go ahead, Lori. Well, first, I want to send my condolences. Um, this isn't an easy subject for me. My brother had uh, pancreatic cancer, God rest his soul. Uh, you're right. You know, you can't give up. You can't let the cancer win. you got to fight as much as possible. Unfortunately, there's those that... The cancer just takes. Um, it, it's hard, and I'm like pretty much lost. I'm sorry, um, but um, no, I understand. Like I said, it's not a. But uh, you know, I, I send my condolences. Um, me, me, me and the Bastiano family. Uh, keep your heads up going strong, because I'm sure uh, that's what they would want, and you have angels up there watching over you. Yep, so like I said... These are all of my thoughts and prayers. Well, like I said, you know, at the very beginning, this is not farewell. This is only a see you later, because once it's time for us to go, we'll meet them at the Pearly Gates, because they're both two things right now that we adore the most, and that are beautiful, beautiful angels, both Juan, a.k.a. Johnny, and Matt's mom, and Matt, and and Angel. You know, I don't have your permission, Angel, to say your real name, and I refuse to throw out your real name without your consent. Um, Our... It's a very tough subject, but you know what? Both Johnny and Matthew's mom, they didn't give up. And if there was one thing that we're going to remember them by, is not that cancer beat it, beat them. No. We're going to remember them for not giving up and always smiling when we saw them. They fought the good fight. Yep. Because... If cancer won, or if cancer was beating them, trust me, they wouldn't be smiling. They would have just sat on the couch and been like, you know what, I'm just waiting. No. 
they kept on when you walked into their house. First thing they will do is look up at you and smile. So don't remember them for saying, oh, cancer won. Remember them for that they didn't give up. And remember them for their smile. Because that's the same smile that's going to be waiting for you at the pearly gates when it's your time. So now I ask for every single listener, every single fan, every single family member to bow your heads in silence as now we give Johnny and Matthew's mom a 10-bell salute. our condolences to Angel Rose's family and to Matthew's family and don't you both ever forget if you ever need anyone during this time we're here thank you very much for all the memories Johnny and thank you very much for all the memories to Matthew's mom Guys, I think it's time to close the show. On that note, I'm not even going to do plugs because I feel both Johnny and Matthew's mom deserve it to close the show on a peaceful note. Does anyone have any less blessings or comments? No, I think you said it about all, George. Uh, it's, it's just a hideous hideous disease and hopefully in our lifetimes uh, they will be much like diabetes and HIV that you can you can live with it and it won't uh, be so destructive and rip families apart alright thank you Lorraine, Millie, anyone? the only thing I want to say is fly high and the only thing I gotta say is, remember, stand strong, fight strong. That's what they did, mm. and they both love you yep. very much. Yep, we all love you here at Reality Check Radio. Remember, don't remember them for cancer. Remember them for the the no give up attitude and the smile that they continue to give you every day that you walked into their lives. For everyone here on Reality Check Radio, we send our condolences to you and to everyone who lost their fight against cancer. Uh, And I want to say for everyone here on Reality Check Radio, if there's one thing we always tell people is stay safe. And, of course, sorry, my, my emotions are getting to me again. Stay real, folks. Good night, everyone. 
thank you all for joining us. Remember to come back next Monday at 6 p.m. right here on Block Talk Radio and get your dose of reality checks.